The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. I can't whistle. Oh, I spit some out. Clean that up, Howard. They get us all in trouble. Did I see the boss here? She is. I got a, I got a studio full of food in here. Yeah, I think she's got a sign she wants to hang up in there today. <laughs> we told you no food. Oh, man. this man. Thanks, Mark. You know, I didn't know I was hungry until... Wow. Get your food shut up in front of me. That is wonderful. When you're sitting here and your stomach's growling, you're thinking, oh, how much time do I have left? Oh, geez. Are we going to make it to lunch? And then one of your colleagues, one of your teammates comes comes busting through the door with breakfast for everybody. Oh, man. And not a little bit, but a lot. A bunch. Two sandwiches, two, te- two hash browns here. Oh, man alive. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, Mark. We appreciate it. Those Pine Room guys are they're all right, aren't they? They're, they're not bad. They're just not bad. They're not bad. No, those guys haven't been in radio long enough yet. They haven't got any ego or any big heads yet, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Great guys. Yeah. Well, people bring them food, too. Neely's, all the time. Neely's that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. They're learning. They're learning what uh, being in radio is all about. I haven't begged for food for a long time. Speaking of those guys, Howard, uh, the Pine Pine Room Studios and the Ohio Valley Pickleball Club are hosting a first annual Pickleball Blazing Paddles Pickleball Classic at the Ogilvie Pickleball Courts on this Sunday, October 22nd. Now, I'm not going to tell anybody about the tickets and the teams because you know why, Howard? Why would that? It's be? all filled up. The tournament oh, is really? completely filled up. But uh, coach and all the Pine Room boys are inviting everybody to come up and hang out. Looks like the weather is going to cooperate. There's going to be food trucks there. Lots of fun. Uh, lots of personalities from the, the station is going to be up there. You going to so be there? I, I am. I'm going to come up and root everybody on and hang out and uh, check out those uh, food trucks. How are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Food trucks. I, I I don't think I could. You know, I don't even know. I don't even know what to look for with paddleball. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, are you coming up, Howard? Are you going to maybe come up and feed the deer a little bit and hang out? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you know, I'll get some food truck uh, vittles and uh, maybe then wander down to the field and after the pickleball. And- there you go. Yeah, we'll go down and check out the deer, see how that's going out. You never know who you might run into up there at uh, the uh, first ever, first ever Blazing Paddles Pickleball Tournament. Courtesy of our good friends at the Pine Room Podcast. Yes, and speaking of those guys, they Howard. They will be here today. Well, they won't be here. Mark's here. He brought here food in, in on us. the frequencies that modulate around the Ohio Valley. They had such a good time last week at Gumby's Moundsville South. That's where they're going to be at today from noon to 3. It's the Pine Room Podcast. All the guys will be down there, and there's discounts giveaways, just lots of fun, great people, just friendly, friendly folk. Stop in and see the Pine Room Boys from 12 to 3 today, today, just here in a little bit, Yep. at uh, Gumby's Moundsville South from 12 to 3. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Gumby's and by Jill's Gentleman's Club. Yes. They are the fine sponsors of the uh, Friday Gumby football Fun Friday, Day. yes. Friday Fun Day Gumby Day or something. Something like that. that. Throw football in there. Friday Football Fun Day Gumby's Day brought to you by Jill's. I don't know. Just go on down to Gumby's and... Uh, Get yourself a soda pop and, uh, you know, check out what they might have to give you. And there's a lot. And talk and just to hang out. The guys like to talk to you. They do, and they're so friendly. Everybody's friendly down there. Yep, absolutely. So 
stop by. We should mention that when the Pine Room boys are done, uh, we swing right into the Matt Jones pre-owned auto walkthrough coming here from the studio, not from Gumby's, uh, from 3 to 5 o'clock, but previewing all the weekend activity, uh, and then we'll be doing that from 3 to 5. And then, uh, of course, as always, on Friday night, it's a football night in the Ohio Valley. It does. And I heard I heard a little uh, tidbit that uh, one of the old uh, standbys from here at the station is going to be, make a, a special appearance on the uh, Matt Jones uh, walkthrough. Your old pal Eric Belancic is going oh, to be in right. studio because Jerry is going to be en route. So the second hour will be uh, Brett, be Mark, and uh, Eric Blancic will be right here in the studio. All right, sounds good. Then the game begins, well, actually, isn't there an early game tonight? There is. The, the Wheeling Central game is a 6 o'clock kickoff. They travel all the way to Erie, Pennsylvania to take on Harbor Creek. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. We'll get on the air about 20 till 6. Morgantown travels to Marshall County to take on John Marshall. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff there. And uh, Wade will probably get on the air right around, uh, I don't know, 6.50, about 10 till 5 till uh, 7. That game you can catch on WVLY. We're uh, coming down to the wire on uh, Football Friday, sadly. I, I guess sadly. Um, Central still has a shot maybe at a, uh, at a at a run in the tournament, I think. Uh, John Marshall has just – they've struggled all season long, and I think, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're working on it. But I think they've struggled enough. They're not going to make any, any postseason play. But I think, uh, I think Central has a chance – has a shot. Uh, am I right about that? Central's got at least uh, maybe a shot at the at getting into the tournament. They have two games left, I believe, tonight, uh, like we said, up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And then I think they have to go to Williamstown, which is a tough place. But I believe they have to win out uh, to make sure. And I, I don't know if they'll even need some help there, Howard. But uh, to make sure, the, the best odds is Wheeling Central has to win out. And, and go back to last Friday, Howard. They were at Martins Ferry, a tough place to play. They were down 16-0 at halftime, and it looked very bleak. And somehow, I don't know if Newt Rockney showed up and gave the <laughs> halftime speech. I don't know what Mike Young said to those guys. But they came out, and they were a whole different ball team in the second half, and they won going away, and hopefully they can continue to roll uh, tonight. Before we get back to our conversation about the homelessness, which we've talked about so much this week, and Chad Thomas is going to join us in just a second, Wheeling's Vice Mayor. Should also take a look at tomorrow. We've got tonight uh, – this afternoon and tonight, always on Fridays uh, during football season, our full schedule of activity. Uh, Saturdays also kick things off with the Ohio News Sports Magazine in the early morning, the Metro News Scoreboard. Uh, Chris Lawrence is in with the Western Outdoor Show, great show. Uh, and then another pretty good show. It's not bad. We're on a roll, Howard. Good old boys on sports. Uh, he's Brian Beresford. We call him Bear. I'm Bob Slider. We get together from 7 to 8 every Saturday for good old boys on sports. We do our NFL picks. And make sure you listen this uh, this Saturday morning because we are on a roll, Howard. And then uh, when the, he's done, when they're done, uh, Bob Bear and Bob are done, it's the Saturday morning sports huddle from 9 to noon. And then after that, a uh, very minimal break, and at 1230, it's uh, time for WVU football. Big game for the Mountaineers this week. It's they West host uh, Oklahoma State. Howard's fired up already. Mountaineer. So uh, WVU football here on the voice of the Mountaineers in the Ohio Valley, the Watchdog Radio Network. So lots of stuff coming up. All right, 54 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 53 at the Highlands, 54 in Elm Grove, 54 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Look forward to be a pretty rainy day almost all day long. It'll come and go. Uh, the soaking downpour from early this morning has kind of let up a bit. You'll see some drizzle, then you'll see pockets of rain throughout the day. Probably up to maybe 60, at least 
that's about as best we'll get, maybe 58 or so. Uh, showers again tomorrow, but Sunday, it's going to be a partly sunny and a nice day. Uh, that's what you have to look forward to. We're going to talk more about homeless in the city of Wheeling, and I'm really curious about how Chad Thalman sees a managed camp, because that's what he talked about on council floor this week, which I, I conceptually I think I agree with, but I'm curious what his actual concept is. That's coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. The views and Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. In a perfect world, there would be no accidents or injuries ever. No bad situations. Cross law. In a perfect world, insurance companies would never refuse payment for your legitimate claim. Cross law. In the real world, there are attorneys David F. Cross and Erica Cross Conti of Cross Law Offices. David F. Cross has been representing injured parties for over 32 years at his office in Wellsburg, West Virginia, with a phone number of 304-737-4185. David and Erica are personal injury, wrongful death, and medical malpractice lawyers representing those who are victims of the same. You are not just another client at Cross Law Offices. You're considered part of the family. As David always says, at Cross Law Offices, we take your case personally. Coming up Monday in the Pine Room on the Watchdog, from 2 to 3 o'clock, we will be recapping a jam-packed weekend of high school, college, and NFL football, as well as the Major League Baseball playoffs. We'll also let you know what's going on inside the Pine Room Studios. So tune in Monday at 2 o'clock, the Pine Room, here on The Watchdog. are darker leaves turn brighter nights are cooler enjoy your fall season with us every weekday here on the watchdog morning show with howard monroe Watchdog Morning Show. Been a busy morning this morning, uh, including our interview with Senator Joe Manchin. Had not had a chance to talk to Senator Manchin on the air for uh, quite a while, uh, but uh, he was uh, um, willing to drop by today and spend a little time talking to us about his future plans, about his concerns over Israel, the border, many other issues. If you did not catch the interview today live here on the Watchdog Morning Show, it is already posted on our website, watchdognetwork.com. Uh, and just go uh, look up for the uh, Joe Manchin interview that is posted with today's date on it, and you can listen to what Senator Manchin had to say here. We have spent almost all this week talking about, and we're going to continue talking about the homeless issue in the city of Wheeling because it is, as I've said, it used to be 
on the back burner, then it went to the front burner. Now it's bubbling over, I think. And I invited the vice mayor of the city to come here uh, to talk about it. Uh, Chad Thomas here. Good morning, Mr. Vice Mayor. How are you? Good, Howard. Morning to you. Um, this has clearly become an issue that's of great concern to you, to most council, to an awful lot of the citizens, this issue of what to do about about the homeless. Um, let me ask you just sort of your generic thoughts on this, and I have some specific questions about you talked about a managed camp, for example. I want to know what that is. But, I mean, how big a problem do you think this homeless is, and do you think you have to do something about it? Well, you know, Howard, I don't know how big it is. I mean, there's there's numbers out there, and, and they seem to fluctuate. You know, it seems like at any point in time we have around 100 people uh, that are supposedly living in the city uh, that are homeless. Um, so I, I'm not sure how big of a problem it is, and I don't necessarily want to say we have to do anything about it. Uh, but, you know, we're elected to, to help solve the problems in the city of Wheeling, and we're elected to, to do what we can to help the citizens. So this is something that city council is looking at and something that I think we should move forward with something to try and improve the situation. Because in the, in the time I've been on council, in my adult life, uh, the problem doesn't seem to be getting any better. It seems to be getting worse. And I don't necessarily think that's unique to Wheeling. I think it's, it's nationwide. Um, I, I think the federal government and the state governments need to step in and help solve homelessness. I don't think municipalities and cities like Wheeling are equipped to solve it. But until the federal government does something about it, it's left on the backs of, of cities to try to, to solve this issue, and, and that's what we're trying to do. But I heard from you and most of the council members who spoke on Tuesday night, as well as many citizens, the phrase, which you just used, things are not getting better, they're getting worse. Now, you talked about uh, that the city has done a lot to deal with the issue of homelessness. You, you created the Homeless Liaison position. You have funded a lot of nonprofit agencies. So it's not as if it's an issue that you have ignored, and yet it still is getting, at least to the general public's perception, it's getting worse. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, you know, I talk to residents. I talk to business owners. I talk to my neighbors. And I think over the years, I've, it seems to be getting worse. I mean, my own mother has told me on more than one occasion she doesn't like you know, going on the on the jogging trail as much as she used to because she's you know scared sometimes to be on the on the trail alone walking past encampments. So it, it's something that over the years I've, I've heard a lot about, and it does seem, at least perception-wise, to be getting worse. So one of the things that's been proposed um, is an ordinance similar to the one that was uh, approved in Parkersburg not too long ago, which essentially bans any form of camping on public property. And by camping, we're talking about homeless camps, although it would ban all forms of camping without specific permission. Uh, you, you are in favor of that, I gather, but you proposed, I thought, an interesting amendment uh, Tuesday night, which was that there, you would, would, would agree with the, the ban on public camping with the exception of a single managed camp. Tell me, what, what, tell me how you envision that. Well, Howard, you know, it's really not my vision. I can't take credit for it. This is something that Melissa Adams, the homeless liaison, and other nonprofits that work with the homeless population have mentioned, and as some of them have asked for this. Uh, but, you know, as a member of city council, my expectation would be that it is quote-unquote managed, that you do have some rules and you do have some consequences for not following rules. You know, the idea that, that the homeless can sleep, you know, a anywhere you know, at any time for any reason uh, without permission and without rules is just something I disagree with. So, but the idea then would be to create a space. I don't know where it would be. Maybe you have thoughts about that. One particular space where there could be a homeless camp. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in my thinking on this, because I might well be. 
the city or other entities would provide some real basic services, trash collection, uh, showers, um, those, you know, porta johns, those kind of things. Um, and then, and then uh, any violation of the law, for example, uh, would kick someone out of the camp. Is that kind of what you're talking about, what you're thinking of? Well, Howard, I, I do expect there needs to be some rules and it needs to be quote-unquote managed. I mean, some of those type of details would need to be worked out and figured out with the local nonprofits and, and local churches and with the city and the, you know, the city manager, the homeless liaison. You know, but I, I, my thought is the homeless should not be allowed to camp anywhere, but I also understand that displacing the homeless without any type of plan as to where they're supposed to go you know, isn't a solution. It's a reaction. And that's what I said at Tuesday's council meeting. So, you know, allowing them to have a managed camp um, might be the best path forward considering where we're at now. So in your, the, in your from, thought, the, from the people I talk to, whether it be the homeless liaison or the local nonprofits, this is something that, that most of them have said over the years that, that is needed. In your mind, would it be some kind of city-owned property on which this managed camp would be? Well, you know, Howard, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert on what the best location is. I would leave that up to, you know, the police chief and the city manager and the homeless liaison and the local nonprofits that serve the homeless to know the best location. Um, you know, I don't think we have a great location anywhere in the city. I mean, realistically, the location probably needs to be close to where all the services are, which is basically the downtown East Wheeling areas. Uh, so it probably needs to be walking distance from, that, from, from those neighborhoods. Um, so I don't think we have a great location. I know that's not something that anyone's going to want in their backyard, uh, but I'm not the best person to know uh, where the location should be. And I, I'm not I, – I, I completely understand that, and I think this is sort of a work in progress. I get that. Uh, but I, I, I sense, and from talking even to the mayor yesterday, that uh, if this managed camp idea is to be a part of the, the anti-public camping proposal, it needs to have at least a little more flesh on its bones. Um, so – Somewhere along the way, whether it's nonprofits or Melissa or council or the city manager, somebody's got to put some some closer ideas on exactly how this would work, who's going to run it, what kind of um, services would be provided. And quite frankly, where would it be? I'm with you. I'm just talking off the top of my head here, just a plain old guy on the radio as a citizen. Uh, it needs to be far enough away to not be intrusive to the general public and close enough away for them to be able to, to get to services. And I don't know where that place is. I don't know what that location is. Yeah, uh, you know, either do I, but I would leave that up to the experts to, to try to talk through that. And, and, Howard, I do think there is, you know, time on this. I mean, the, the homeless ban that Councilman Slavonakis put on the agenda wouldn't have gone into effect until January 1st. Mm -hmm. That is long after the winter freeze shelter opens. And, and my expectation would be that this managed camp, if the city does move forward with it, really wouldn't have to be up and running until the winter freeze shoulder, yeah. you know, closes in, in, you know, late winter, early spring. So I think there's, you know, there's there's time for city staff and there's time for the local nonprofits to uh, to discuss this, think about it, and to, to make it work. Now, Ben Seidler had said that there had been a meeting of a number of the social agencies and a couple of council members, and I can't remember if you were one of them or not, and the concept of a managed camp had been discussed. So... Have you gotten any feedback either since you mentioned it on Tuesday or prior to that from some of the social agencies that work with the homeless about the idea of a managed camp? Yeah, it's, it's not something I would propose just, you know, out of thin air. This is something that they put in my head, as, you know, because they're the experts. There's something that, this is something they've mentioned to me more than one time, you know, over an extended period of time that, that is needed. 
Um, I think some of the local nonprofits, some of the local homeless advocates think the homeless should be able to sleep anywhere, you know, without permission. Uh, that's something I disagree with. So short of allowing the homeless free reign of, of public property, this is something that the homeless advocates uh, think is a good idea. I've been saying on the show over the last couple of weeks, actually, Chad, that it seems to me we have three separate problems that require three separate solutions. One is the reality that there is a problem. There are people who are homeless, and we need to be aware of that. We need to deal with them, not in a, not in a legal way. I mean, we need to provide services. We need to help those who are in that situation. That's number one, recognizing the social concerns for the homeless. But number two, we have to recognize that when those when any individual or group impedes on public safety and health um, and creates a, a nuisance, if you will, for the city, then something has to be done. And I think we're at that point in terms of, as you say, people who are afraid to walk the trail. I'm not saying people are being attacked, but there's just a, an unease when you have folks wandering around. And frankly, the third leg of my stool is dealing with panhandling, which we can talk about in a minute or two. I bring that up because I got a text here. Howard, how will the homeless situation not worsen when it's so hard for marginalized people to survive out here? Lack of affordable housing, substance abuse, disorders, et cetera, et cetera. Homelessness is the result of systemic failures. I'm going to offer my opinion, then you reflect. That's absolutely true. I I agree with that. And it's something that needs to be dealt with. It's sort of a long-term issue. The short term is that the problem of individual homeless folks impeding on the public's health and safety is something the general citizenry wants to get taken care of. So, yeah, we got to worry about the systemic problems, but we also have to worry about the reality that it creates difficulty for for some of the citizens. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, 99% of the citizens in Wheeling are not homeless, and we can't allow them to to be terrorized by the 1% that is. And I'm not, not implying that the homeless are terrorizing. Right, I, I get that. Yeah, I we, we have to look out for everybody, but we can't allow... Um, and we can't bend over backwards to accommodate the 1% of people that, that either don't want to follow the rules or are unable to follow the rules. And the ones that aren't able to um, follow the rules, and I think we do need to be compassionate and help them as a city, uh, but ultimately, you know, the rule of law must stand. And then here comes this issue, managed camp, no managed camp, just the current situation, crackdown on, on any illegality. We all, I think most of us agree with that. The question becomes, what do you do? Let's talk about a managed camp. You set up regulations and rules, and one, you know, zero tolerance. You violate that, you're out. But then what happens? You find them. They have no money. Do you remove them from the camp? Well, then where are they going to go? Do you arrest them? Uh, The city manager told us this week when he was here with me that, you know, the homeless go into jail and are quickly right back out on the street again, back out of the camps. So it it is a difficult thing. I mean, what do you do? What do you do if you have this camp and you have rules and regulations and they break them? I don't know what you do about them. Yeah, I mean, there have to be rules and there have to be consequences for not following the rules. I mean, as far as, you know, you know exactly what you do, I'd leave that up to the, the homeless liaison and the police department and the city manager and the, and the local nonprofits to, to try to figure that out. Um, but, you know, to, taking a step back, Howard, I mean, I think this is really, you know, and I don't mean to pass the buck here, but I think this is really a failure of the federal government. I mean, you know, decades ago, institutions were closed, and they may have been closed for, mm. for good reason. Um, the pendulum may have swung too far with, you know, whatever it was, you know, was going on um, that was inhumane conditions in these institutions. Um, but there's probably some people that you just can't really help on the street, and you need to get them 
into a more secure, more stable environment like an institution to help them. So until the federal government and maybe even the states step up, you know, I don't think there's going to be a I, – I, I don't think there's a great solution here. I don't think the problem is ever going to be, quote, unquote, solved until until the, the, the bigger governments, state governments and the federal government uh, take this serious. Fair point. Uh, Chad, to where does the life hub fit into this whole situation? Well, I think the idea behind the life hub, and, the, and again, the, the life hub is not my idea, it's not the mayor's idea, it's not city council's idea. Uh, the life hub is the idea of Melissa Adams, the homeless liaison, um, and I'm not, I don't quite understand exactly how the life hub is going to work or exactly how it's going to reduce homelessness. Uh, so far, city council has not, you know, not given any money to the life hub. The, the life hub is kind of a, a separate entity, a, a kind of set up as a nonprofit. So, city council hasn't voted to to approve the life hub. It doesn't need our approval, and we haven't voted to fund it. Uh, but my understanding is the life hub, in theory, would work basically work as a managed camp that is that is basically indoors. Uh, so instead of the homeless sleeping in a managed camp, they would they would sleep in this life hub. So the idea is maybe to have a managed camp until the life hub is up and running, and it's probably going to be several years before it's up and running. It is going to be the winter freeze shelter for this year, and as you said, that, that buys some time for the concept of the managed camp. It may not be the perfect solution for some people, but it, it is at least a, uh, a, a temporary um, solution there. But, Chad, it is interesting. Everybody I have talked to, uh, really almost including Melissa, feels, as you just said, as I said, talked to the mayor about this yesterday, I still it's hard to get a grasp on what exactly the Life Hub is or intends to be. Maybe it's my own stupidity. I don't know. Maybe it is. But I'm just not fully – I just don't have a vision of exactly what it, what it's going to be or what how it's going to move forward. Yeah, I mean, it's really Melissa Adams, the homeless liaison, is the, is the best person to, to ask that question to and to discuss that with. But my understanding, as it's been explained to me, is basically it would operate as an indoor homeless shelter or an indoor managed camp. And they would have services there that are set up in the building to help assist uh, the homeless population to help get them back on their feet and off the streets. Um, I mentioned I, I see a three-legged stool here. One is the issue of dealing with the serious concern of people who are homeless and treating them with respect and, and trying to provide as much services as we can and hopefully get them off of getting them out of the homeless situation at some point. That certainly is number one, the social concern. Number two is somehow keeping the citizens from being frightened about what's going on. And I got a text here. You used the word terrorized, and you corrected yourself very quickly. Um, but terrorized, talk about fear and loathing. You, you quickly corrected yourself. That's not quite the right word. But I got to tell you, speaking for myself, you know, if I'm walking down on the trail and I got a bunch of people wandering around that I'm just not sure who they are, what they are, nobody's attacking me, but it, it, it's, it, it makes me uncomfortable, and I think that's a fair concern. But, Ch Chad, real quick, I'll let you go. The third issue that I see is the issue of panhandling, and I'm bringing that up because I've been pushing very hard what they're doing down in Montagaya County right now, which is uh, they're going to pass, the county is going to pass an ordinance that will, they call it the Street and, Safe, Street and Pedestrian Safety Ordinance, which will prohibit all uh, activity in public right-of-ways, public medians, and so on. In other words, there could be no panhandling there at the corner of Perkins or on the Stone Bridge in Elm Grove. It, it would also apply to the departments that put the boot in the middle of the road and so on. It would be a universal ban based not on panhandling. It's not an, it's not an anti-panhandling. It's a safety ordinance. I think that's a, a pretty good idea, actually, um, which I think the city might want to take a look at uh, as, as Mon County moves ahead with that. 
Yeah, I was unaware that, that anyone uh, local was or anyone in the state was going to move forward with something like that. Over the years, uh, it, it's been you know discussed probably informally among city staff or, or among members of council. And, and basically, the pushback always was, you know, the, the fire department can't do the the fill the booth, the, the local, you know, lions, the word lions can't stand in the, in the street and, and, and collect money or whatever the case may be. So that was always the pushback on it. But I, I think we probably are at a point that it should be discussed again. You know, but Howard, ultimately, you know, the individuals who, you know, the panhandlers are there because it's profitable for, for them to be there. If people weren't giving them money, then they, they, they wouldn't be there. So, I mean, I think that's the solution, really, is just to educate people and say we have plenty of services out there to, to help take care of the homeless. Uh, but sometimes when you just hand them money on the, on the street corner, you know, you don't know how they're spending that money, and you may be enabling their problems more than you're helping to solve them. Well, let's be honest. A lot of us, and I include myself, have suspicions that these people aren't uh, aren't particularly poor, that they do reasonably well with that. Um, but, I, again, I, I just encourage the city, to uh, once you get past this uh, urban camping ordinance, which is currently on the agenda, I, I think uh, it's worth looking at this uh, proposal in, in Mon County. Yes, it would create... Uh, some problems for those who tr- traditionally raise money in the street. On the other hand, if you look at it philosophically, whether it's a panhandler or the volunteer fire department standing in the middle of the road asking you for money, it's the same thing. So I, I just think that's maybe something that ought to be looked at. That's that's my concern. Chad, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, when are you announcing? Uh, what am I announcing for, Howard? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you know, I always, every time you're on, I have to ask you that question, right? I had Senator Manchin on today. I had to ask him the question, well, Senator, when are you going to announce? And he dodged me just like you will, but uh, I just, but I asked the question, when are you, when are you, uh, when are you announcing? Well, Howard, every, I think every time I, I, I talk to you for the last six months or so, you, you've asked that question, and, and I'm going to give you the same generic answer I always give you. Um, you know, I'm not going to run for re-election for city council. Running for mayor is something I've thought about. Uh, but right now, I'm just focused on doing my job and trying to uh, take care of the issues that that I'm responsible for as a member of City Council. Man, you and Mansion, you guys know how to do, how to tap dance. <laughs> Stop. Hey, hey, Chad, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. I think this issue needs attention. I, I think you guys need to spend some time with it. And it looks like you are, and I think that's a very positive thing. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot. And Howard, your advice on this issue and all the other issues is always welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. All right, 938-22 till the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show uh, underway. Uh, If you'd like to uh, offer a thought or two, you can. 304-214-1600 is the best way to do it. You can call as well, 304-232-8255. Bob Westfall is going to be along in a minute or two with a look at what they're working on on this final Friday uh, at WTRF-TV. And right now, speaking of WTRF-TV, hey, is she going to count down or do we get it? We got. Uh, <laughs> I think I took care of that. Okay, then we're going to go straight without a countdown to um, Rebecca Little. It- In three, two, one. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your seven news headlines for this Friday, October twentieth. President Biden spoke to the American people last night. He declared that this is a critical moment for world peace as both Ukraine and Israel are under attack. The president's address comes as administration plans to request approval from Congress.